Welcome to the Godly Manhood Podcast, where we seek to encourage men to consider how they can grow in godliness as men, husbands, and fathers by sustaining themselves with God's Word and applying it in their daily lives. My name is Emory Phipps. I'm the student minister at Koinos Church in Troy, Ohio. And I'm Brian Barnes. I'm an elder and life group leader at Koinos Church. Thank you for being back with us this week. Before we get into the topic of the podcast today, we want to remind you of our contest as I give our book giveaway, giveaway. Our first giveaway. Yeah. Um, our first giveaway. So we talked about this last podcast. So this is our second week, last week for you to get in on this action. Uh, but we have an awesome leather copy of the Valley of Vision, some good uh, Puritan prayers and just devotions. I enjoy my copy. I love it. It's a beautiful book. This one's still on the package. It's pristine. Um, and from our sponsor uh, this week from Grace Christian Bookstore in Troy, Ohio, um, Paul and Heather Couch own that. They, they're they really, obviously, they want to make money as a store and uh, serve the community, but they have a heart for ministering to churches and helping pastors resource their people. They've been a great resource for us as a church as we need things um, to come in and, and prepare. I know last week they were actually not at our women's event, sadly, because we got on the bandwagon too late, but he was at another women's event with a table just resourcing them during their event. So we're thankful for Paul and Heather and Grace Christian Bookstore, how they've served our church. And we're thankful for their support of our podcast to be able to give you guys something awesome to that will really tie in with what we're going to talk about today. They're located at 1873 West Main Street here in Troy, Ohio. Uh, but check them out on Facebook. You can get more information about them. And as far as the contest goes, just a reminder, we want you to give us awesome five-star reviews because it helps us in the algorithm an algorithm, I guess, still for podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still an algorithm. We got to refer to the people who know that sort of thing. Yeah, leave us a star rating and a comment, and that will help more people find our podcast. Yeah, and, and then, then, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell, oh, tell, go ahead. Okay, and then uh, just screenshot that so we know that you did it, and then shoot that to uh, our email at thegodlymanhoodpodcast at gmail.com, or you could drop a photo of that on our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in it. That would be awesome, too. Make sure it's set to public if you do that, or we might not see it unless you're friends with us on Facebook um, just personally. Uh, but yeah, any way you do it, we're going to collect those up. We're going to put it in one of those little wheels that are so popular in yeah. the uh, giveaways. Shame on us. wheel Shame on us for not telling people about our Facebook, I guess, either. I, we, oh, we, we, never, haven't. we never really talked about it. We just assume that you guys are so smart. That you're like Emery and you spend a lot of time on Facebook. I do. I spend way too much. I was very convicted last night. One of the students was telling about how much they uh, uh, were were on the internet. They were looking at their screen time. Oh yeah. And yeah, my mine's not good. Like his was like four hours on Snapchat, which I think is ridiculous. Wow. But I'll bet you my daily Facebook. And I like to use the excuse like I'm just sharing good stuff for people to sure. grow in their faith. Sure. And this meme. Yeah. That has nothing to do with <laughs> Jesus at all. Yeah, it is a time eater. I uh one one week when I preached a sermon a couple years ago about being dedicated to reading God's word. And by the way, that's a good tie-in for our episode this week. Um, at the end of the sermon, I just challenge people to say, look, if if you're like saying I just don't have time, hit that scream time app on your phone and then come back in a week and tell me, tell me you don't have time. 
Because there's a lot of junk that we're doing. All of me too. All of us. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I have an excuse this week. Okay. It's the Marine Corps birthday coming up. So like I have to share all the memes. I gotta remind everyone that I was a Marine. Yeah, sure. Um I gotta make fun of the the lesser branches of service. That's important. um, As we go into Veterans Day because we're first as it should be. Yeah. Um, and then Veterans Day the next day. They get that day, but Marine Corps birthday comes first. So this week I might be on there a little more. Okay. So it's your duty. I, I do. I feel like I have a constitutional oath. I love that. Support and defend the Marine Corps yeah. in the United States. That sounds good, and I think you're doing that every day on, on Facebook. That's good. Yeah, so anyway, if you uh, want to be entered to win that, please, uh, yeah, uh, like, no, 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 what do you do? You rate it. You leave a comment on uh, Spotify or Apple, wherever you're uh, listening to this, and then let us know you did it, and we'll put you in the wheel-o-matic to uh, have an opportunity to win. And we have listeners now. All over the world. We have proof. It's crazy. Like like African nations and say Zimbabwe was one. Yeah, European country. I mean, it's like it's so cool to Rwanda. me. Rwanda. Yeah, shout, shout out, out to our Rwanda listener. Yeah, yeah. The Bahamas, uh, New Zealand, Kenya. So uh I think the Bahamas was just a short term mission trip. Somebody was probably on. I don't care what it was. We'll ship that book anywhere in the world. Uh, if you get drawn on the wheel of Matic. So. so yeah, we'll do that next week. Um, we'll do that before episode seven. Hopefully we'll be able to have all those in and announce. So tomorrow, well, actually, never mind. <laughs> Are you going to give away the secrets? I'm giving away the secrets. We already did that podcast. Episode. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, so we'll get that out. And just like, share, hey, share the podcast on Facebook too. That would be a big help to us um, just to get some people generating some interest um, in, in what we're talking about. Not that we think we're super important, but we've heard from other people that they've, that we've been in encouragement so far. So yeah. And like weird people have been reaching out from our old lives. Like uh, a buddy of mine reached out to me that I played in bands with almost 20 years ago. Jeez. Uh, and was like, Hey, uh, haven't talked to you in 10 years, but it's super cool. I, I found your podcast and I'm listening. So it's been, it's been wild. Our first prayer request last week was from a, a good Marine friend of mine, um, from back in the, let's see, when we were hanging out, he was driving a pretty sweet green Trans Am. I think it was like 98. Nice. Maybe. Awesome car. Great I'm not going to say his name, um, on here, but, um, just reached out with some really heavy stuff going on and, um, and he's a believer now. God has saved him. So praise God that we're brothers as Marines, but we're brothers in Christ, more importantly. And uh, it's been a, a pleasure and honor. Um, you know who you are. And uh, just thank, thank you for reaching out so we could be praying for you as a crew um, this past week. Yeah, we definitely did. Emery uh, sent that on to David and I. We, we prayed for you. So that's open to any of you who have prayer requests, prayer needs, questions. Yeah, shoot us an email, thegodlymanhoodpodcast at gmail.com. Or shoot a text if you're from our past lives. If you know us on a personal way. I feel bad. This guy reached out to my wife on Facebook Messenger, and she didn't get it for like two weeks. And then it's like he was asking for my number. And anyway, I'm I'm a hard guy. I'm elusive. I'm hard to get a hold of, apparently. But it, it happened. So it's been super cool. And I hope that continues. It's It's been really neat to see, uh, you know, people are digging what we're doing at least so far. Yeah, for sure. Even we'll, our wives. We'll probably alienate all of them tonight and they'll never listen again. But possibly. I doubt it. I doubt it. We're fun. We're charming. I like to think I am. Okay. Um, at least I was in my younger years when I when I proposed to my wife at a Denny's. Yeah. She said yes. So I was charming once. Classy. Super um, classy. So hey, tonight, before we get rolling um into everything, we're just gonna uh just talk briefly about what we're here for this evening. So we've we've covered quite a few things in um the last five episodes now 
Six. Five? Yeah, it's five. This okay. is six. Oh, cool. Yep, that sounds right. We need better notes. I'm 140 in mental years. So I can't remember. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, episode six tonight, we want to talk about why godly men should study God's Word. We've talked about our testimonies. We've talked about why we can trust God's Word, why it is God's Word, why we know that. We've talked about sin, how we use God's Word in killing that. Um what else have we talked about? Oh, I mean, well, we talked about why God's word's important or why what God's it word's is. Important. Yeah, and I think you know one thing we said. I think it was in our last episode. I said there's a sentence that I wear out, and that's "Godly men go to church." When somebody is, um, you know, maybe kind of considering going back, or maybe they just been out a while, and they're a brother, and I I have a relationship with them where I'm allowed to say things in a true way that are maybe hard to hear. I'll just say, "Look, godly men go to church," and you're not, so do it. Uh, the same is true about reading your Bible. Godly men read their Bible. And uh, there's a, a, a crazy benefit to that in your life. And uh, I think today we need to kind of explain to people how they do that, why they need to do that. Uh, and we do that in a lot of different ways. We study we study the Bible throughout the week with different people, different ways. And it's been super rich for me and many of the people that we know. So maybe just trying to dial in a little bit on what's the Bible say about that and how to do it practically. So what's uh so we're going to wear out a very specific two verses. Probably every time you listen to this podcast, they're going to, I think every episode so far they've been mentioned at least once. Yeah. But before we get started, we want to start with God's word. Why, why do we do this? Um, as we were prepping tonight, the, the one verse that comes up, the set of verses is uh, when we talk about why, why we should read God's word. Why, why do godly men study God's word? Well, 2 Timothy 3.16, we talked about this a few episodes ago. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And then verse 17 goes on to say, so that you may be equipped for every good work. To me, it's like, okay, what, what more do we need? Like, that's what we should be doing um, as godly men. Yeah. I, so I say that verse a lot. It's one of the, one of those that, um, it's just always at the tip of my tongue, ready to go. And when it talks about being equipped for every good work, I think that's a, maybe something to kind of look at and, and just examine and say, okay, so if, if, if we're placing the Bible on the platform to say that it is, it is breathed by God, it is, it is profitable for reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, what then are we to do with that? And it says that we're equipped to go do good work. We need to be ready to go. Uh, we need to be evangelists. We need to be leaders in our family. Uh, we need to be leaders everywhere we go in the world. And the very best way to do that, the best way to equip yourself is to know what the Bible says about all sorts of things. And if you're a baby Christian, you're, you're new and, and you're just starting, that's fantastic. And you need to be in it a lot. But if you've been at this a while, you've likely come across many, many periods of time where you've had to, to find a place in God's Word that address certain things that you're dealing with. Uh, I think I, I said, a, you know, some version of it a week or two ago, like, you know, the Bible doesn't ha- talk specifically about every human experience today. And, you know, like, like I think I said, like the word social media don't appear in the Bible, but there's a lot in there about idolatry and there's a lot in there about being lazy. And there's a lot in there about lust and all these other things that, that can be applied to uh, any practical matter of life for a godly man. And if you read the Bible, you know where those things are. You can Google it quickly. Okay, I know there's a verse about it. So what's that Bible verse about this thing? When you've read it enough that you know the context of the verse. So when you do see it, 
I'm guilty. Like I gotta hop on Google on occasion. And be like, I know that's there. Guilty. There's no guilt in yeah, that. I know. Like, actually, I shouldn't say guilty, but yeah. That's there's... A, hey, that's a redeeming quality of an evil industry oh, of yeah, big for tech. Sure. That's like God's grace in Google. Oh yeah, man. Um, they. Uh, but yeah, like just at least I know. Hey, when you get the little twenty-five verses about this or whatever, yeah, you know, like well, that one doesn't really fit. Yeah, like, some whoever, of these context. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. that one's good because I know the context of it. So yeah, just using those re- and just knowing. Um, it's not like we can't study God's word. People do the whole like can't put God in a box. So the Holy Spirit's gonna just tell me in a moment if I need that verse. I don't need to look. He's just gonna touch me in the brain. Like nah, man. Like like that's my <laughs> my redneck coming out. He's gonna touch, touch me in, in the, the brain. brain. Uh, That's fantastic. But yeah, just like you can't count on like, like we, we have a responsibility to do these things. The Bible tells us to be prepared to give a defense of our faith. And um, the only way we can do that is to know the God who saved us. We need to know what his son Jesus did for us and to be able to share that with other people in a way that makes sense. And if, if we're not going to take the time to be in the word so we have a better grasp and understanding of it, why would anyone want to listen to it? Well, look, I think you're going to, without being too brash here, I'm a big believer in hard work and I'm a big believer in discipline. They, They have taken me far and I've seen them change my life. And godly men are called to be disciplined and we're called to do hard things. And I get that reading the Bible is hard when you're new to it and you're starting out and you don't know how to do that. We're going to get into some of that tonight and just say, here are some ways to do that maybe that are more approachable for you if you're new. But do not let your laziness, your sin, be a reason that you don't prioritize learning and knowing and understanding God's word. I get that it's it's a bit it feels like you're eating a whale when you start, but you do that by take a bite. Like get into it and do it and find resources, legitimate resources. Emery's the master of resources too. If if you're questioning, okay, I need like a good commentary to help me understand the book of John reach out to us. We'd love to shoot you a commentary or two. Oh yeah. Tag us on Facebook. Cause I'll see it for sure on there. You know, he will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he will. yeah. Yeah. He definitely will. I'm only on the social media that the cool young kids are doing. Um, you've never heard of it. I'd tell you, but I, you've never heard of my space. <laughs> I crushed my page out there. My top eight was sick. Yeah. Um, anyhow. Yeah. I, so I just, just that idea, godly men read their Bible and you gotta, you got to do it. I mean, it's a discipline of a godly man. That's what we're all about. And uh, and we'll help you. If you need a good resource, grab a guy at your church who you look at him as a black belt in the Bible. This guy, he knows it cold. Grab him. You know, those guys would love, I'm sure, to talk to you about their process or help you wrestle through uh, some of those scriptures. Here recently, I've had a couple meetings with different men, uh, several actually. It's kind of been the theme here lately. Uh, who are just kind of interested in getting started. And I just say, look, start in John, read John, and let's talk about it. And when you get stuck, you have questions, shoot me a text or call me and we'll we'll go through it together and just pick a place and go. And and if you're new and you're really intimidated, you know, some people pick up Genesis 1 and they just start reading through the Bible. That That's fantastic. Do that. But if you get discouraged when you hit the prophets or you're you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing, pick another spot and keep going. Don't, don't give up, you know, anyway, there's too many good resources to do that. And and just in people, but yeah, the, as we consider like why we should do certain things, one of the things is we're in Ecclesiastes in our church. I'm teaching through that in student ministry, um, talking through like the whole gist of it's really so much of it's like the meaninglessness of life and the things that we're pursuing. Yeah. Well, 
like what better way to understand what's meaningless in life than to read God's word that tells you, hey, you're pursuing these things that are really truly meaningless. Meaningless, pursue this instead. Jesus himself talks about, you know, building your house on a rock versus sandy ground or in Matthew. So so those things, it's important. We're building this foundation of life. And the Bible is just real clear on that. Hey, all these things that we all do, we're all guilty of, yeah. that are just, we're seeking our joy in other things or we're putting all our time and energy into things. And then we sit and go, why is this all going on? Why do I feel like this this emptiness um, when I'm doing all these things to feel so full? And the reality is we're pursuing the wrong thing. And even us as Christians many times get caught in that trap. And typically when I talk to people and I say, hey, have you been reading the Bible lately? And I know I can speak from personal experience on that one. I have to, I've had to answer that question. You know what? No, I'm not. Um, and it's convicting in a good way. And that's why having friends to hold you account is important. We'll get into that tonight too, I'm sure. So, yeah, I think about that verse about where lies your treasure, mm. you know, there lies your heart. And that's, that's evidenced in how we spend our time. And I don't want to keep coming back to like the screen time thing, but that that's probably like the quickest way, you know, in 2023 to examine your life and say, uh, what do I care a lot about right now? And, and who am I giving my time to? And yeah, that Ecclesiastes study has been fantastic. I think there's uh, what, what's been fun to kind of see is what Solomon was writing about then, the things that he was chasing. It was women, money, success. You want to be the smartest guy in the room. All of that still is the only really the only things that any of us chase yeah, now. The same thing. Yeah, yeah, and and it's all empty, and it's all vanity. It's all chasing after the wind. And what I have seen in opportunities to share the gospel with people, a lot of my life have been they've run all those races. They get to the end of that. They get the promotion. They get the job. They get the car. They get the girl. They get the whatever. And then there's still this hollowness inside of them. Mm. They've looked under every rock for satisfaction in the world. Um. And then there's just this like stunning realization that it's all meaningless. And God has a whole book about that in the Bible for you. That's been a, that's been a, I mean, Ecclesiastes, I think we talked about it. I think it was a long study and it, you know, because the book has some repetitive themes, but it's good for the soul. And for, if you're new to the Bible or you're new to God, you're going to find some wisdom in there. I think that speaks right away, like coming out of the gate. Ecclesiastes 1, like, hey, all of this is meaningless. And considering hard things, I know last night in the student ministry we were in Ecclesiastes 9, the first six verses, and it's like, hey, we're, we're going to consider your death tonight. Yeah. And the kids are like, I don't have to worry about that. Like, hey, I'm, we're not old and chubby. I'm 15. I got Oreos like you, buddy. I got nothing but time and no diabetes. Yeah, no diabetes. Sorry. Um, the sugar, as they say back home. I They say that here, too, and I didn't know what that meant. For oh, really? Time. Yeah, I'd hear, like, clients and stuff say something. I haven't really heard anybody up here say that. Yeah, yeah, he's got the sugar. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, diabetes. Oh, man. Our, our sidetracks. I don't care. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is, this but yeah, is just it, guys. Those, those hard things to consider. So I think just wrapping that back into, back into why we should study God's Word, like, it's for those reasons. We're, we're all, even the most disciplined, godly man is going to find themselves in a valley of just despair, um, hard times. And if we don't, I mean, Psalm 23, I'm reading an awesome book on that right now. Like just it breaks that all down too. And it's just, it's amazing. Like there's a Psalm that God's given us for those moments um, to recognize and realize. But the, uh, but yeah, just, 
I don't know, God in his grace gave us his word to, to show us our sin, make our sin evident, show us what we need to do, repent of our sin, what his redemptive plan has been from the beginning so we can see all that. So all these awesome things, and we would rather look at Facebook reels of Theo Vaughn and Joe Rogan, whoever else happens to pop up in my feed, you know, yeah. I'm doing their little podcasts. Their little podcasts. Yeah, little, they're not as big as us. but yeah. Someday. Yeah, no, that, that there's a lot, there's a lot there. I think the thing that you were just saying though is true. Like there's something in the Bible for every occasion in, in your life. Mm-hmm. And if it's hard and it's heavy, there's a lot in there for, for a heart that is experiencing sorrow. Um, how to find joy in God is in there. How to feel about money is all over mm-hmm. that book. How to feel about uh, temptation and lust for men. I think that's a obviously super common issue. That's all over uh, that Bible. And there, there are things... You know, if it's a sin you're, you're dealing with, there's scripture for that. If there's a hope and you're trying to make sure that you're you're putting your heart, uh, you know, in the right thing, you're hoping the right thing, um, there's scripture for that. So, but you don't know any of that if you're not spending time in it. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So I think, I think that was on our first, our checklist of like why we should do it. So let's, let's jump to the next question. So we're talking about you know, scripture shows us why we should study and read God's word. Why do we do it? Why do you, like, us sitting around this table, what's our reason? If someone said, hey, why do you even bother with that? You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, it started different than it ended for me. So, it, it, you know, in the beginning, just, you know, super thirsty for answers about who God is and what the gospel is and what does it all mean? How does it all fit together? And those questions were all answered for me really quick. And the more I read, the more it all really made sense. Um, I, I, it just, just finding God in his word was sort of the goal. And you get to know that God through his word. That's his means of communication with, with his people. And so that was a huge aspect of that early on for me as a, as a more mature Christian, it's, it's, it never gets dry. It, it, you continue to find elements of this holy God in his character, the way that he dealt with his people. Um, I think most people could probably relate to the idea that like the old Testament sometimes takes a while to get comfortable with. And maybe not, I shouldn't say that because there's probably some people who start there and really get a lot out of it right away. But for me, it took years and uh, of study before it started to really click. And I started to see it as this, you know, I don't know. I shouldn't say history book. I think I was taught in seminary that you shouldn't call it a history book, but but there is a history of God's people there. That's what the first chunk of the Bible is. And you get to see this incredible process uh, of a sinful people being redeemed by a holy God over and over and over. And he never didn't do what he said he was going to do. And that that faithful God brings his people through. And I found a lot of comfort in that as a sinner. The, the older I've gotten and the more uh, time I've spent in the Old Testament and yeah, I love First and Second Samuel. I got really connected with that kind of early on in the process and seeing that story of David and what that turned into. That was incredible. And then most important, you have to stay in love with a God who loves you and who sent his son to die for you. And so the Gospels provide this incredible word picture of that story and getting to know Jesus in the way that he dealt with people the way that he talked to sinners, the way that he always found a way to point 
people who were lost and who were sinning and who were not worthy, he would always find a way to point them to his holiness and say, you have to have faith in me. You know, so I learned in reading the Gospels that the thing that Jesus valued more than anything was faith in the hearts of his people. I don't know, all of it. I, don't, I, can, I could talk about this all night. Yeah. Sorry, you go. Why do you read don't the Bible? I apologize. Um, man, so similar to you, like where you're talking about how it's changed over the years. For me, like I came to faith at 27. I grew up in church. So I heard all the stories. Um, my four associate's degrees prove that I love to learn. I told somebody yesterday you had nine associate's degrees, and I was serious. I thought that was the number. It's just getting better. It's going to be like something that'll be sung about for generations. It's four. I owe Cameron Smith a correction. Sorry, Cameron. Dude, he's listen. like super smart. Isn't he an engineer? He's brilliant. He probably thinks I'm insane. I told now. him you had nine. Like four isn't crazy enough. Sorry. Man, dude. Sorry, Cameron. It's lore at this it's point. It's lore, yes. The, the Emory has nine. Associate. He has four uh, associates, grace people. But no, so I grew up, like I was doing, I, was, I wasn't even a Christian, but I was like, I remember my mom, this is, this is dates me. She bought this college class through Liberty University in the eighties. That was all like cassette tape. Oh pieces. yeah. Like you get the tape and the book and I'd listen to like stuff on Isaiah and like, I'd go like kingdom of the cults. Like I'm like a young kid, but I just want to know I had, I had no real faith in Jesus at this point, but just the knowledge part of it for me was important. So I just wanted to, to understand, so I had a whole lot of head knowledge, came to faith in Christ at 27 things were a little more real to me. The scripture scriptures made more sense to me. I had a desire to grow for a while, but then I got distracted. I can trace back probably about 10 years ago to when I started taking the Bible serious, like really like I want to know all there is that I can know about this because look to, to your point, I, I looked at it like I want to be able to recognize my sin. I recognize that that is a thing that is keeping me from being in true relationship with God so often I really, I want to know who he is. Like, I know this God loves me. I want to have a relationship with him um, so that I know who he is at a point where I can tell other people about him. It makes sense to me now. I had this burning desire and it goes back to one guy. God placed this guy in my life. So I was at a life group. I talked about this um, during the testimony episode, um, but I was in a small group environment. The guy at the time teaching this, he had been a Marine. Um, he was at our church. He was teaching this class. He was in seminary at the time. And he used to do this thing called Wednesday night theology. And it was for men. At the church, while the kids were to want us, there was like five of us in this room. And he's just like basically rehashing what he was learning that week. And it was all new to me. I was yeah. like, wow, this is amazing. Like two weeks into all this, three weeks into it, and I'm just coming out of a lot of deep sin. Rec- I'm, I'm just learning, like, I got to be doing this. This is where my mind, my, my affections need to be or here. So he's showing me these things and teaching these things. So the following Sunday, like two or three Sundays in, he's super excited. I, I want to say he was talking like either about like the five solas or something like that. It came up and he's like, Emery, what's this one mean? And he just talked about it. I couldn't tell him. Ooh. And the disappointment in his face of just like, he'd, he'd put so much effort into trying to teach us guys in this group and to, for me not to know. And it was really simple. Yeah. Like I, I wish I could remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was so simple that I'm like, now I'm like, how embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. But, but that I remember telling Karen and, and a couple of my buddies um, that I was getting to know in that class. I was like, I really let him down. That bothered me. Not be, I, I respected him as a Marine, like what he had done in the Marine Corps too. So there's some of that, but I'm like, he really has taken a lot of time to teach me something that I should really care about. So that Sunday morning for me was kind of like this, an embarrassing moment that led to me kind of getting a, a fire kindling 
I want to know all this stuff. So I started paying really deep attention and growing from that point on so that I could do all these things. And I had a chance to reach out to him. He, he exited that church shortly after and, and ended up in another state. Because you didn't know Probably because of me. Yeah, yeah. he's probably like, my work here is done. I've um, failed. But I told him, I actually reached out via Facebook and was like, hey, man, you know, I never told you this, but like, this is where I'm at now in my faith. I was really convicted. And I know it's God working in, in, in my heart and changing my affections, but that moment sticks out to me as like, I really let this dude down who really cared about me. He, he cared enough to take time to prepare to teach me these things that he knew I needed to hear and that would help me be a better dad, a better member of our church. And it wrecked me a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that I genuinely, I started getting rid of like all the history books and political books I had. And I'm like, I'm getting theology books. Oh, wow. And that was, that's what, all, that's it, what started this that started. Yeah. And I mean that like, it's one dude taking some time to pour into me and then he didn't have to even call me on it is the look on his face. He didn't say anything derogatory. He didn't be like, he wasn't like, you should know that. We just talked about it. Just a look. And I'm like, man, dude. So anyway, but that has led to, as, as I started getting into that moment, seeing these guys that I'm in this group with doing the same things, being encouraged, being in a group that's really studying God's word, like every week needing to be prepared for that, has put me on this path. And, and, and so I guess I'm going way, way long to answer a pretty simple question. But the reason that I do that now is because I, once I started seeing who God is, I just wanted to know more. Yeah. And I don't think I'll ever, I know I'll never know it all, but I let you, like you said, I find new things every day. I can go back and read something that I read two months ago and I read it again. And it's like new. Yeah. And as we're going through Ecclesiastes, like I'm covering some of the same stuff, you and Jonathan, whoever else is uh, Zach who's yeah. preached through Ecclesiastes. I'm having to cover some of those same things, but I talked to the students about it. I'm like, Hey, look, I'm not going to talk about the same things because you know, Martin Lloyd Jones preached like 27 sermons on the same four verses of Romans yeah. over the years. Like there's a lot of depth and richness to this. So pay attention. And, and so that's been really good too, but just, I feel like I'm hitting kind of everything that you said it's there, all good. but that's, I think, uh, David, if you don't mind, like you've been interesting to watch because the last few years of your life, you've just sort of exploded an interest in God's word and you've spent a lot of time getting to know it and you're bringing me, you you know, your questions are getting way harder yeah, <laughs> as you're maturing yeah. and growing in knowledge and understanding. Um, what was that process like for you? Like what, what kind of sparked you diving in, in the nature that you did a couple of years ago? Well, I, I started off, I mean, I was saved at a young age, but understanding what exegesis was and what hermeneutics was and, and how to actually read the Bible was something no one ever taught me. And I, I wanted to continue to understand more about the world. And then I got really involved with physics and mathematics and it was fascinated by it. And I was trying to figure out, okay, how are we, how are we proving God by reading all these books? And those never brought me anywhere because I wasn't trying to get to know God. I was trying to prove God. Sure. And, and that's not my place to do. But I, I understood that I didn't know God like I wanted to know him because I wasn't talking to him mm. and I wasn't reading his, <laughs> his word. word. Yeah. So I started to do that. And those questions that I had 
kind of fell into place by reading his word. And the more I grew, the more I understood his characteristics and the kind of God he was, the more I realized that those questions I had about being able to physically prove the existence, they just went away and he's just, he's my God. And there's, there's nothing I can, uh, I can't write that down on paper through a formula. He's just, he's the God of the universe. And yeah. you, and you understand that the more that you let scripture speak to you. Yeah. So just so I got it clear, we don't need mathematics and physics. We need them oh. or we wouldn't have them without God. Darn it. <laughs> I thought I was getting out of it. One thing that I just want to say there, man, I'm glad you said, and, and I had it in my mind while I was talking there a minute ago, but uh, that clarification, that point that you made that you wanted to hear God. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people, and I was guilty of this for a long time, like, well, I'm praying, I'm praying and talking. It was this one-way conversation, though. And my, I was, because I hadn't read Scripture, thinking, oh, God is just going to talk to me. I'll have this Paul-like moment. And be blinded for a few days, it'll all make sense. Not yeah. not not to that level, but I wasn't going to take the time to have that two way conversation. Sure. Like, I'll pray. I expect God to speak to me. I've got my fingers plugged in my ears and making la la noises, completely oblivious to what He has to say because I'm not reading His words. So I'm glad you said that, man. I just want to say you've been a huge blessing to me in our life group because you're taking the time to study. And I don't. I just just want to tell you, I haven't told you that. And I, I appreciate and I, that. Praise God for that, man. So awkward. Do it on your own Sorry, time. man. I would hug you, but if I move, my mic will move. We'll hug afterwards. That's okay. fantastic. Well, I, I remember, David, I think back to when you had a real interest in this stuff. And we'd get together here and there and talk about it. And, you know, you were talking about Fibonacci sequences and physics and books that you were reading and all this cool stuff. And I'm like, that's great, man. Open your Bible to Romans. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. Let, let, let me just try to, like, explain to you who God is and, and his relationship with mankind. And let's start there, you know, out of what, whatever, like, um, you had done so much work in all the wrong places, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it was cool. And, and it, and it grew your, your knowledge about a lot of cool things that you could talk about now. But I think God used all of that to bring you to this place so that when people, you, I mean, I've seen you talk to people who have wrestled with those things and you have a relatability to those people. Yeah. I mean, your testimony looks like, what theirs could become if the Holy Spirit wills it, because they were going down dead end roads trying to roads trying to answer questions that can really only be found in getting a, an intimate knowledge of that God. Yeah, so yeah, that, it's, a, it's a big difference when you just stop questioning life and just put your faith in God. Yeah, and and then you'll start to find answers to all of those hard questions. Yep. Yeah. When you stop striving after the wind, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> Write that down. Did you just come up with that? Yeah, I just, just, I think I read it somewhere. Trademarked. That's, that's really good. Uh, okay, beautiful. Yeah, that that's good. I think um, w- one thing I wanted to hit on tonight, and I don't want to get off of our agenda here, oh, but man. in in practice, what does it look like for you, Emery? And it can be, you know, your one on one Bible reading, but I also want to hear about the the times that you do that with other people. Um, because I think if you're brand new, you're really intimidated by this giant book. So how are you finding time throughout the week to get into God's word? What are those different versions of that look like for you? You could probably relate to this a little bit. It's, there's a, there's a, what I do might look a little bit different or what I have to do because I have a responsibility of teaching within the church. Yeah. So I've got to spend specific time on a very specific text and I'm hopping. So there's a danger that we have in that too. And I guess I'll talk about that in a minute. So just starting out like today, 
what what my day to day looks like. It, um, I've gotten into a rhythm. I used to get up in the morning, spend time in prayer and reading in the morning, um, but God and His grace has really given my wife lately this passion for for study as well. Um, so we've started reading scripture together at night, and then ending that with prayer. So a lot of my personal Bible reading time, where it's just me reading scripture, is chilling in my bed with my wife. We're not even reading the same thing a lot of times because her discipleship group is in a different spot than mine or whatever I'm reading is just different. Like I'm in 1 Corinthians now because that's where we're headed next as a life group. So I'm, I'm reading that ahead, and um, she's still in the Old Testament, I think. Um, but we share, like, hey, this is cool. This is something I didn't know. This is something I saw. Um, and then and then it naturally leads into a time of just, just prayer before we, we go rest for the night. Um, so that's like my just one-on-one, like, typical um, then there's other times where I'm just here in my office and I get done prepping for whatever I'm going to teach or studying for that at least. And then I'm like, hey, I have time. Um, I could go watch Man in the High Castle, whatever that I'm into at the moment. Um, or I could sit here for a minute and just read something that I haven't read before. Um, that That's led to awesome stuff like just like Leviticus, like just rolling through Leviticus and then having to break out a commentary because a lot of it is crazy. Yeah. Um, commentaries are helpful. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that. Leviticus. Sure. So yeah, for Leviticus for sure. But yeah, just for, for that, like for me, it's just being, having a plan. Like I used to just like open up my Bible and like, oh, open up here. This must be where God wants me to read today. Plans <laughs> the dumbest thing ever. Well, but you know, like, it works sometimes. Better than nothing. But yeah, but I didn't have a plan. So I wasn't disciplined in it. So I wasn't like, not like to check a box per se, but just to understand what's going on with God's word. So I'd say, if I was going to give someone advice, typically it's one of two things. It's like, go to John, start there. Yep. Uh, or, hey, read a Proverbs a day because there's conveniently, God and Asylum, put 31 of those bad boys in that book. So start there. But anyway. I'm, no, these are all good things. All ADHD. No, listen, if I'm listening to you talk about this right now, you've just given me like three ways to start working. Yeah, like action steps. To me, that's that's the thing. And, and it, the other thing I would say, just do it, man. Like, like it's one of those things. I think we said this. I said this in another episode. It's worth doing poorly. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, it's There's like no working out. Recipe. The just best. The best. The best workout plan is the one you're going to keep doing, and that that's reading the Bible. Start there for sure. Um, you talked about discipleship groups, and for people who don't go to our church, let's talk about D groups for a second. I think it's super practical, not fancy, and anybody listening to this can get that rolling in their life. It's generally three or four people that have a day and a time every week they get together and they're reading through scripture systematically. Um, pick any, you know, process. Emery can send you our church's version of that, the calendar. Well, and I st- stole that. Well, not stole it. It was, it was legit. They offered that out. Um, Replicate Ministries from a Long Hollow Baptist Church in Tennessee. They have an amazing, um, they're, not that they came up with the idea of discipleship by any means, obviously, um, but Robbie Gallaty, their pastor, he has got great books on discipleship specifically, but that D group model is one that they have put out. Their church is awesome. Their student pastor called me after I sent him an email. Nice. Just asking a question, log- a simple logistics question. He's like, I'm going to take 30 minutes of my day and talk to this guy. That's awesome. So it's just cool. They're, they've been open. They do training and stuff too, but they're very open with whatever they've done. So there's opportunities. So, so yeah, they have like, we do foundations, two sixties, the name of the Bible reading plan. 
that we kind of start with, but that's even developed into awesome things within the church because people are like, hey, let's do a little bit more than that. Hey, we did that for the first go around our second year. Let's do something like this. Yeah. So anyway, we need to have a button on the board every time you bring up Robbie Gallaty. We hit the, we hit like a dinger. <laughs> Ding. That'd be great. Um, no, yeah, great resource. And so yeah, just just get a few few men in your life or ladies. Get a few ladies in your life. Figure out who among you maybe has got the most Bible experience, and you can have them kind of be the facilitator. But you don't even really need like a a leader. Leader. It's pretty plug and play, right? Yeah, definitely. And they have they have a whole podcast. Not that we want to plug other podcasts. Never. But you, they they did, man. It's been so good as we as we train up people and to and encourage them, there's like a 12 episodes of podcasts where they're like, do this this week, do this this week. Do nice. This. Um, and it's all readily available through replicate ministries. So I, I'll plug it again. You know, yeah. that's just, it's so rich, so good. Um, all of those guys, uh, Tim LaFleur, I think he's at a different church now, but he helped kind of form something. He called me one day when I was just kind of, in a cohort they did a few years ago one that I hopped into there's my phone rings from like Louise. He was in Louisiana. He was in Tennessee, I guess that time, but he was just like, Hey, this is Tim LaFleur. I was just giving you a call. I'm the pastor of such and such at long hollow. How can I pray for you? Let's pray together. That's like, crazy. Like what? Who does that? It's awesome, man. Like, so, so anyway, again, like use that resource, use that resource. It's there. Especially if you're looking at, if you say you're at your church, you're like, man, I wish we had a discipleship thing going. That's what it takes. I mean, that's frankly what Norm and I sat and did was like, hey, Norm's like, hey, you have a passion for this. I could really help. I could really use help. Let's figure out how to get this rolling. Yeah. And we just started. And as I say, godly men are leaders. So if, if there's a void there, uh, be the one to change that and get that rolling. Yeah. Um, I used to run a men's Bible study at our church because there wasn't one and I wanted one. And I really just was looking for a way to build a disciplined thing in my life where I had to be in God's word because I had to teach it on Tuesday nights or whatever. I was like 24. I didn't know anything about anything. And by the end of it, that thing got huge because there was a need and people, people, you know, people wanted it. And so, uh, but yeah, look, you gotta be, sometimes you gotta be the one to grab the bull by the horns and get it going. Um, and we also, you didn't mention life group. I think we, we've talked about it extensively here, but our, our life group system at our church, like many churches, small group, home church, whatever you call it, uh, we get together once a week and, you know, we dedicate an hour in our group to, to studying the Bible in a big group setting. There's usually, you know, 20 to 35 adults in, in that room. It's probably best if it's eight to 10 adults. People say that, but I love our group and we're never going to, we're never splitting. So come at me. Um, but, you know, it, it's a great way to get around and get to, first of all, get to know God's people. And you're going you're gonna to be examining God's word and going through that. And you're making friends and doing life together. And the kids are fighting and all that. But um, there's another opportunity every week. So if you're in a D group, a discipleship group, and you're in a life group, and you're at church on Sunday, you've now got three things built into your life that force you, uh, from a schedule standpoint, to get in into God's word. It's a focus. It's important. It's where your priorities lie is very evident in that. I'm, I'm thankful for our church. Like I think Norm said the other day, like I think 90% of our members are in a life group. Yeah. Like that's, un, I won't say unheard of. I have a little bit of ministry context to go off about as I read things. That's not the norm. Well, it, but think about, I mean, what is a better function I, I, name another way where you're new to a church and you need to get to know people and make friends. I can't think of a better format than like, 
and we're going to eat snacks and read the Bible together. And then we're going to break up and pray for each other. And we're going to do that once a week for the school year. Like, yeah, I just made friends. That's awesome. Yeah. And if your church doesn't do that, make it happen. Yeah, make it happen. Definitely. I think that's, that's key is just asking, Hey, because it could just be, there's not a margin for some of the stuff that could help because to your point, they're waiting for someone who feels led to do it and that has the gifting and the desire and the time because they're shepherding people like they should be doing. They're likely very good churches still don't have some of these things because they're just trying to grow and get it implemented. And it just takes somebody asking. Well, and then there's like the cancer of passivity that lives in men. And I think that we often wait for other men to come along and solve the problem. Oh yeah. That's you do it. Like that's on you. Go do it. I I don't, I, I don't, understand that mentality i don't i don't have that in me and that's gotten me in trouble sometimes where i i come out you know swinging and and um make a fool of myself and that that happens and as i've gotten older fortunately those spread out a little bit but you know you just got to kind of be willing to do it mm-hmm. and I, I early on for me i'm busy and i know that i have to be intentional and i have to f- put things in my life that force me to um, be committed to the most important thing sometimes. And that's ridiculous, but that's just the way I am. And so I know that if I'm in life group and if I'm at church every Sunday, rain or shine, and I know that if I'm doing family worship at my house, I'm reading the Bible to my kids and my wife, and we're praying together every night or as many nights as, as we can get it in. It's not seven days a week, but we try, you know, as, as, as many nights a week as possible. I have now just built a structure in my life where I have, I know I'm going to be in the word at a minimum, that many times a week. Yeah, and it's normal. Like, I don't know, for our kids, like my boys, one of the things that I love, is, we, I didn't mention family worship as I was talking earlier, but doing that in our home, we don't sing because I can't sing. Yeah, we don't either, but I'm thinking about mixing that up. Yeah, I think I've, I've thought about it, but then it's like, but again, godly men sing. Godly so men I sing. sing in front of my kids. Got to listen to our own podcast advice. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, just getting together and like, our rhythm for that is typically at night before they go to bed. And if I'm not on it and like, I have not paid attention to the time. Like I love like my 10 year old, he'll say, Hey, are we doing Bible stories tonight? And my first inclination some nights is like, dude, it's late. It's late. And you're, but it's hard. Cause he is genuinely not trying to stall going to bed, which I thought the first time yeah, or two or five, yeah. you're just stalling. But yeah, the, yeah. He, he'll come out at 7.30. Hey, are we doing Bible stories tonight? That's an hour and a half before bedtime. Like, obviously, he's not trying to stall bedtime. Right. He's just like, hey, are we doing it? I want to learn. And so that's a huge blessing, man. And, and again, my, my kids, like, we talk about accountability for men, which is great. I got my kids holding me to it. My 10-year-old is holding me accountable on something I just should be doing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Like, he does it respectfully. He's not like, hey, loser, <laughs> grab your Bible and get out here and disciple me. Yeah. But maybe I need to hear that sometimes. Oh, that's beautiful. No, I love that. I love that. I That's probably 50% of the reason I started seminary was just to have a disciplined structure to hold me to account that I know I'm going to spend hours a week studying the Bible and learning uh, about the things of the Lord. And it was an extreme decision. It was, it's not an easy thing. Uh, it's crazy. But it has taken me way deeper. And so I'm not telling everybody to go to seminary. But if you're, if you're 
there's a million online courses and videos and things that, that can take you deep and, and te- David, what's that thing called that you've spent some, gosh, before you answer this, I just really hope that it's not total heresy. What you're about to say, like some terrible heretic program, but what's the, the, you got into some online video series and things that took you deeper. What was it called? Do you remember? Well, I was doing some master seminaries classes, which is MacArthur's school. Oh, okay, cool. The, there's a, there's a, a few different, uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but there's a few different resources. But if you just go on YouTube and you find a reputable school, they will a lot of the times put up their classes on OT one and two or Old Testament one and two or the the history of the church, and you can just go through and sit and listen to those lectures and get real deep theological discussions out of it. Midwestern them. Baptist Theological Seminary has a great resource for that they just put out in the last year or two. It's called For the Church. Oh, nice. Um, it's forthechurch.com. I think it's. If you type in for the church Midwestern, it's going to, and you can take like legit classes with some quizzes on any topic that they offer. And they're geared towards like, Hey, if you're in children's ministry, here's some, here's youth ministry. Like it's, they do online conferences for free sometimes. So if you're serving already in a church and you just want to grow that you can get this, there's, there's, there's no excuse these days. Right. Just with our Ecclesiastes study, like we could have bought, the Justin Holcomb book on Ecclesiastes from Gospel Coalition to give to people. But guess what Gospel Coalition has for free on the internet? That entire book on a website nice. that you just roll through on your own, and it gives you the same. It's verbatim. Every book of the Bible is in there. So it's really, man, you really got to not want to learn about the Bible if if you have any, if you claim to have a desire and you're like, well, I just can't figure it out. You're not trying hard you're enough. You're not. I mean, honestly, these days you're just really not trying hard enough. Between yeah. podcasts and um, just the, the just resources that are free out there, they're amazing. And and maybe um, I can get like in the show. And I keep saying I'll put that in the show notes, and I keep forgetting. I just copy and paste Dave's and forget to put the other things. But I'll try to remember make a note of that. But just put some of those links as we learn how to podcast better. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and there are a million bad resources. So if you're not sure. Shoot us an email, and we'll help you. If anything, we're really quick to tell you who's horrible. We love telling you what not to do and who not to listen to and what books not to read, frankly. That list is a lot longer. So, yeah, hit us up, the Godly Manhood Podcast at gmail.com, and we'll be happy. Or hit us up on Facebook. Emery is all over that, uh, as we said. So We'll very publicly on Facebook tell you who not to read. Yeah, very okay with that. I try not to be a stirrer of dissension, but... That, you know, better to better to know who's no good. Yeah, so we've we've hit, you know, why the Bible says we should read God's word. We've hit you know, kind of why we choose obedience is the key there. But what we get out of it, I think we've covered that. What put us on that path? We've talked about some other aspects of how we study. Um, let's talk about like. Uh, I think the one thing that we didn't hit that we kind of talked about before was just like other other resources. So we've mentioned some of the online things, but what does it look like? What does deep study look like? Like what does deep study look like? We've talked about reading. Now if I'm going to sit down and really dig deep, what am I what are you doing, Brian? Yeah, so not even for preaching or teaching, but just in general if you're like, "Hey, I want to learn more." Yeah, yeah. I love commentaries, like good Bible commentaries. You gave me a Matthew Henry set from, I didn't realize this, they were published in like the 1700s or something, 1800s? I don't think that set was. That's, that's the No, original. not that set. Yeah, Matthew Henry. I, I wouldn't have given you those. I would have sold it by now if that was the case, but that was a republished version. But I've That's now, all free online. 
Is it the Matthew Henry commentary? Yeah, Check are. that out, guys. That, um, but I've gotten a couple. You've given me a couple commentary sets, and I've gotten some from school and other places. But a good theologically sound commentary is awesome to help you understand some of the the slippery spots if you're reading through a chunk of scripture and you hit something you're just not sure maybe what it means or if if there's like contextually it's an old reference from something of the era that it was written where that would make a lot of sense if you lived 1800 BC but you didn't so you're like I don't know what that means you know having having strong commentaries uh, are are awesome awesome resources and and then I've also used a lot of like books by solid authors and pastors and preachers on uh, like topics or or books of the Bible. John Piper wrote a book one time. We did a Bible study on it called a, a book. But <laughs> one specific book, and his are all free online too. I think he gives away. I would be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I think like once they've been out for a very short time, I think they're all free. Um, but he wrote one. I think it was called "God Is the Gospel." Is that what it was? Or Jesus on Every Page. Those are both books. I think it's called "God Is the Gospel," but it's essentially seeing the gospel through the Old Testament and the New Testament. You, you pick a theme and you find a book by a solid teaching pastor or a solid theologian, and that accompanies your your reading of the Bible in a way that really broadens your understanding a lot of times. You don't need that. You don't have to have commentaries. You don't have to have these books. God's word alone is sufficient and will get you all the way there. But if you're looking for other things to kind of help color some of that, um, I'm a big, big commentary guy. Really got a lot of, and when I preach in particular, it's great to just see what, what do four or five theologians say about this? You know, you, you'll find some cool ways to think about things maybe you hadn't thought about. The really, I think, most beneficial part of the commentary is it'll tie in cross-scriptural references so you can see where this has played out in other places. A lot of the New Testament is just quoting the Old Testament. And so, not just, a lot of the New Testament is quoting the Old Testament uh, to make points. Jesus quoted the Old Testament all the time to make points. Paul quoted the Old Testament all the time. And so, a good commentary will will say, hey, the reason they're quoting Deuteronomy here is because God's people were going through this thing, and this is there's a beautiful connection here in the Scripture. And that's where the going deeper and, and the richness is is found for me in, in making those you know, I picture like the FBI uh, map where they've got like the red string and the pins and they're like drawing lines all over that. That's what happens when I start reading these commentaries. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. What about you? Do you do anything other than commentaries? And yeah, I mean, I've got like 13 study Bibles. Yeah, you do. Um, different things like the archeology span study Bible, systematic theology study Bible, yeah, apologetics, literary. There's just different things like that to, to me are good resources. You can find pretty cheap on eBay a lot of times. So I'll buy books. I go to Goodwill. I found some brand new study Bibles at Goodwill before for like $2. Study Bibles are huge. Yeah, so just getting a really good study Bible to me is the best place to start. I like the ESV study Bible. It's a good basic, like just jumping off point. I use that all the time sitting to my right. I didn't get that till I was like eight years in, maybe five, six, eight years in to reading the Bible consistently and really trying to pursue the Lord. And those footnotes are so helpful. Oh, yeah. And uh, I tell people... Many times, no, people do not like my recommendations sometimes because of one simple word. But there's the ESV Student Study Bible, which is a miniature version of the ESV. The ESV Study Bible is gigantic, right? which is awesome. But if you're like, hey, I just want something that gives me a little bit more than this Bible that doesn't have all that, ESV Student Study Bible is really good, and it has a lot of the same notes. 
But that word student freaks people out. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not a kid. Dude, you're a student of the word. Right. Just look at it that way. Don't right. be dumb. Um, <laughs> this will help you not be this dumb. This will help you not be stupid. But yeah, so study Bibles, like it's kind of my process is even as I'm, as I'm just digging into things, study Bibles into commentaries, a blue letter Bible, man, you talk about the best resource ever that's free. Yeah. That's an app for your phone. An app for your phone. BLB. Blue letter Bible. You can read your Bible on there and just touch a button. It's going to take you to the stuff. Uh, BLB.com I think is their website. Yeah. Or the app that. in, in the app store, BLB, it, it, the blue letter Bible will show you the Greek or the Hebrew show you where that's used in other points in scripture. That's a good references. All like, I love that for that. Yeah. Yeah. We we use that here. I mean, I'm using it as we're talking about things. I'll touch a button. It just brings the verse up. Unlike unlike tonight when it didn't add 17 when I needed it. I I only have you really used the interlinear on that, the the Hebrew and the Greek stuff. So I need to spend more time in that app. I think that it's probably way more robust that my little iPhone with a home button can handle. So I need to get into that phone four that you just bought new. You what'd you get that? Like on, on eBay, I bought this from the, the Apple box. store. First of all, I don't appreciate the disrespect. Secondly, I was at the Apple store buying this awesome iPhone SE with a home button. Uh, me and a 73-year-old lady were buying this iPhone, and she was very, very kind. And I had an interesting gospel moment there. Let me tell you about it. This is not one of the ones I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, I'm telling the the guy, like I'm talking to the guy selling me the phone. I'm like, I'm an idiot. I don't know. And I was like, I need a laptop too soon. Mine's old. And do you still make MacBook Airs? And he's like, yeah, are you stupid? And I'm like, yeah. I said, I only use it for work and school. And he's like, well, what kind of school are you doing? And I'm like, I'm in seminary. And and then this other girl was like, where do you go to seminary? And I'm like, I tell her Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. She goes, I just moved here from Louisville. Not a believer. Didn't care about anything other than that's a beautiful campus. And then we started talking about and then this other guy comes out. Now there's like six, I'm not kidding you, like six people are in this conversation while my data is moving from one iPhone one to my new iPhone number two. And they're like, why are you in seminary? What's that all about? Why did you pick Southern? What's the deal? And I'm like, look, I believe uh, that the Bible is the inerrant word of God and they do a really good job of teaching that. And it became this whole like, I'm like holding cord in an Apple store with these people. And then this one dude that works there is like, I'm the drummer at a worship band and I'm a, I'm a youth minister. And we started talking. It was really cool. It was just this like, you know, again, uh, big tech being redeemed one weird opportunity at a time, but it was so cool. by Apple. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Can we get sponsored? I got a self edit there again and it, we got it. The filter caught it. Um, anyway. Yeah. I just side note BLB, check it out. It's a good resource. Yeah. And then, and then commentaries. And I agree with you. Like, so last thing I'll say on it, because you know me, I'll talk about resources all night long. I'll just give you a list. I always encourage people to, like, whatever the topic they're curious on, or if they need a book on something, write that and then put in the words Tim Challies after. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Another name, Tim Challies. Hey, I'll push that guy. Who was the other guy? Who was the other guy? Oh, shoot. Yeah, both of them. We'll need a different noise for both. We'll get like a ding and a hum or something. I'm serious, man. Tim Challies. Uh, so commentaries, when you hit when you hit me up, I'm like, hey, do you have any commentaries on this? Like, yeah. Like I got the ones I had bought just then were like Ecclesiastes, Tim Challies. Perfect. And I like start there. And I know some other ones that I like, but I'm like, I'll go here first. Um, books on like for teens, like, Hey, what am I going to get the senior this year? He's doing book, book recommendations every year on different topics. He's, these are the new books that came out this month. Um, so he's really good. He's a, been a blogger since blogger. Is he a pastor? Happened. He's a pastor. I think he's Canadian. So we got to oh, pass that. Okay. Um, 
Do we have a beep button for when we say Canadian? <laughs> we have a beep on there. Anyway. Uh, we have to figure out those buttons. <clears throat> yeah, they have to figure out a lot of things in Canada. Keep going. <laughs> but no, Tim Challey is really good um, for looking for those sorts of things. Really, hey, this is a book I need. Tim Challey's commentary. Tim Challey's or. Again, you can email us and, and we'll we'll seek it out for you and try to give you that. But but those are use resources, man. Like so many people are just so terrified and, and rightfully so. There's that's one of the things we didn't talk about tonight was read the Bible so you can recognize false teachers. Um, but the false teaching aspect is a concern. You you don't want to grab a resource by somebody who's just a heretic and use it just on accident because you're new and trying to figure it out. Again, go to people you that that. You you interact with it. It's obvious they are they are true believers in the one true God. Yep. They have a high view of Scripture, a high view of who God is. Ask them, hey, I really want to get to know more about this. Where should I go? What could I do? Use those resources because if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I have this desire to grow my faith. Guess what? God has probably already put someone in your path. Yep, that can help you answer that question. You just have to be bold enough to ask them because they may be praying for you now that God would put someone in their path to ask them questions about their faith. And voila, you both have the same conviction in a moment. Yeah. So most act on it. Most Christians can't wait to tell you something to help you in your in your spiritual uh, growth. You know, I it's yeah. Is there are there any other things we want to hit on this topic cuz I want to pivot here and it's a good transition. I don't think so. I think we're good. Okay. Okay, That's I want to tell up. I want to tell a quick uh little thing because all of what we're doing here is about godly manhood and what's that mean. And we are to look different in the world and we're, we're to be um, gospel bringers and we're to be people that reflect the gospel change in our lives. And um, there's this thing that happens. If you bring the gospel with you everywhere you go, people know it and people, you know, you talk about your life and if your life is consumed with the things of the Lord and ministry and church and, all of that, you be, you begin to be known as like the Bible guy or the Christian guy in the room, and that can provide some real immense opportunity. So I just wanted to give a, a story. I was really encouraged this week. I had a couple really cool opportunities to share the gospel, and they only really happened because I try to find opportunities to make sure people know that I'm striving to be a godly man. And, um, I, you know, give a little, like, precursor to the story. There was a time... Many years ago, I was sitting in my office, and uh, this guy came in that I worked with at the time. We don't work together anymore, but he came in and was like, hey, um, we're really going through some stuff, and I think you're like a, and he, I'll never forget the way he said it. He goes, I think you're like a Bible guy or whatever, and I wondered if I could talk to you. And I was like, yeah, like I love, I, again, I, you know, a godly man loves the opportunity to, to bring the gospel to somebody. And his family was going through a hard thing, and he just needed some guidance and, uh, you know, you share the gospel with those people. But um, I was at a, a client's house this week, and uh, this lady knows that I'm a Christian. She knows that I'm a leader in my church, and it just has come up that I host Life Group or whatever in some way. She's heard somewhere over the years that we've known each other. And, and so we're just talking, and she's like, hey, um, you're like a, a church guy, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. And she's like, eh, it always seemed a little far-fetched to me. And I'm like, okay. That's, that's fine. And, uh, we just kept talking and then she, she like came back to it and she's like, you just, what, let me just ask you, like, you believe like the Bible, like all of it. And I'm like, yeah, all of it. I believe it's second Timothy three sixteen, right? All scripture breathed by God profitable. And, um, 
She goes, all of it, really. Like he created it all and everything. And I said, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I believe. So you want to talk about it? And she's like, I, well, I just, I don't believe it. I grew up Baptist. I was baptized, but I just don't believe it. So she goes, uh, you know, like they say, you know, seek and you shall find, knock and, and I'll answer and all that. And what about people that pray for things and then and it never happens? And that, you know, we just started talking about, well, are you, you know, praying for the things that are the will of God? And, and we, we need to kind of wonder, are we praying for the right things? Or is it that we're, we're be by the sovereignty of God, we're in this really hard situation and maybe it's just so that we'll seek after him. And, you know, there's a lot of, right, you go a lot of places and we went a lot of places. Just the fact that she identified me as a church person, right? In air quotes, whatever that means. That was on her mind. And I just prayed after that first little comment. I just said a quick prayer. Just, Lord, let me have a way to share the gospel with this lady today. And sure enough, like we would talk about business and then she'd bring it back up. She just kept going back to it. So, so what about this? And sure enough, over the course of that hour meeting, we went from sin coming into the world in Genesis through the gospel and the whole thing. And she was a captive audience and I wasn't pushing and I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I, she was driving the bus and she just kept asking me questions. What about this? And what about that thing? And, and, and I only could answer all of those questions because I read God's word. I was only equipped to answer all of her Bible questions because I know what the Bible says. And so I want that to be an encouragement to the guys that listen to this we're all to do the work of evangelists and we get equipped to do that work by reading the word. And so when I left her house, she said, well, you just pray, you know, pray for me. And I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going to pray for you. I've been praying for you, but yeah, I'm going to pray for you. And, and we don't know where that'll go. You know, uh, maybe I'm one, you know, gospel messenger that planted a seed, or maybe I'm going to see her three times a year for the rest of her life. And we're going to keep talking about that. And, and so anyway, and then another opportunity happened in our elder meeting on Wednesday night, we prayed for our grace friends and we should all have grace friends and real quick grace friend is the person in your life that you've identified that, that needs the gospel, a lost person who, who needs to hear the gospel and, and you're actively involved in their life and you're trying to spend time bringing the gospel to them. And David was my grace friend. And now he's the producer on the biggest Christian podcast on the planet. So very cool. Um, and, and so Wednesday night at the elder meeting, we prayed for my grace friend. And three days later, my grace friend like pointed me out and walked me down and said, I need you to pray for me right now. And I shared the gospel with him. And uh, I don't know where that's going to go. And I'm not going to give any details on that um, just because. But um, I was equipped to do that because I read God's word. And that was just an absolute joy in my life. And uh, to be able to do that. And I'm, I'm grateful to God that he put in me a desire to know him, that he saved me, that I was a sinner like these people, lost, headlong toward hell, just like these, these lost people, and that he called me out of that darkness. And now, because I love his word, I get to bring that gospel to people. And it's only because I'm the church guy or the Bible guy or whatever. Like, I'm the weirdo in the room. Yeah, I tell students all the time, like, if you claim and profess to be a Christian— I tell other people, not just the students, but if you claim and profess to be a Christian and people don't know you as the church guy yeah. or the Bible guy, what are you doing when you're interacting with your friends if they don't know that? If, if you're not the first person that comes to mind when they're like, I want to talk to someone about this thing or, hey, 
that person's different. What are they not seeing in you? You should do some self-evaluation in that moment um, for sure. But yeah, just having, I've experienced that with Marine friends who knew me as a Marine who, who would have been a cultural Christian. Like they probably knew like, oh yeah, he believes this. Like I, I said before, like I believe God was the creator of the universe and that Jesus died for sin. And there was what sin was. I understood that and knew it in my head, but not in my heart. Um, but I've had some great conversations where people just hit me up. Hey, Sergeant Phipps, not Sergeant Phipps anymore, but you know, like, <laughs> You know, hey, they hit me up, ask me questions. And, and I think the best part of it for me has been, I was telling Jonathan this today while we were coming back for something, um, the Marines that hit me up and say, hey, like, like the prayer request this week, I know you'll pray for me because, and oh, by the way, I believe what you do now. I've had four Marines that I know just like I just name right now who I used to party with, get really dumb with. Yeah who are now followers of Christ. One of them has graduated to heaven um, due to a battle with uh, ALS. Mm. But he messaged me right when he found out about it and said, hey, I haven't told really anybody else other than family, but hey, we, I know you'll pray for me. Um, I'm getting ready to deal with something really hard, and this is what it is. So those things to me are, are awesome. Robbie Gallaty. Bing. The gospel came to you on its way to somebody else. That's right. And that, wanna, and that was a miracle. That. Yeah, really. And that was a miracle. Yeah. 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 And I don't say any of that, just to be super clear, like I'm not, that's, none of that's about me. Yeah, definitely, for sure. None of that is about me. All of that is just me encouraging people that hear this to, to know what the Bible says so that you're ready and you're equipped and you can, you can tell that story. You could tell the story of a God who loved the world enough to send his son to redeem lost sinful people and to use the Bible to do it. Like yes. Dave and I were talking about that before you came in. There's this push these days to not use the Bible because what if they don't believe the Bible? No, use the Bible. That's what you have. The, the Bible itself tells you you should use it. Um, it's a weapon. It's referred to as a sword in Scripture in Ephesians 6. Dave and I were talking. It was like we would never go into battle with our M4s and be like, oh, well, the enemy says they don't believe in this M4, so I'm not going to – I'm going to set that down. I'm still going to go into this engagement, this encounter, but yeah. let's leave this here. They don't believe in it. Right. That's insane. Right. That's the craziest sound thing on the planet. But as Christians, so many times we're like, well, I don't want to start from Scripture because they don't believe in that. It's the greatest weapon there is. I, I would risk somebody being offended. Definitely. That I'm bringing them Bible answers all day long. So don't listen to the mega church pastor that tells you to ignore Using the that's Bible first. insane. I've never heard that, and that's the worst thing I've ever heard. David, I want you to share a story because, first of all, your wife, we got to just bring her up. Caitlin is the best <laughs> person I've ever met at inviting people to church. She is. Hey, uh, I'm Caitlin. Hi, I'm Carl. Uh, I will take a burrito, please. Okay, Caitlin, here's your burrito. Hey, what church do you go to, Carl? <laughs> you should come to my church. That's like her Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. It's nuts. It's anyway. So she she does like I'm a church person on a level I've never seen conversationally. She just it, she'll force it into every conversation in the most endearing way, and it works. So good for her. But David, you had an opportunity when you were in Hungary, yeah. Um, because you look different, you want to tell that story? Yeah, I'll preface it with this all took place around breakfast, and our breakfast was a loaf of bread 
and that's it. <laughs> so I didn't need that. Uh, I would have a protein shake and sit on this little concrete step, and I would read my Bible every morning. Because you can't live on bread alone. Correct. I can't. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I couldn't I could the, not say hit that. Hit the horn. Man. Hit the horn. It's Matthew 4.4. 4. Oh, that's oh. so good. Um, but yeah, I would sit there, and I would just read it every morning because uh, I didn't want to eat a loaf of bread. And eventually, one of the Polish guys that was next to us came over and in his broken English, said, are you Evangelion? <laughs> I didn't really know what he was saying, and it kind of clicked, and evangelist, and we had a broken conversation about the gospel and, and what it was, and that was awesome, but then there was just guys that were with me, and one of the guys attended our church, and he would have never known, or I would have never known that if it wasn't for just sitting there, reading the Bible, being the man that God called me to be. Time out. We got to clarify what you just yeah. said. You were on the other side of the world, mm-hmm. and you did not know that one of the guys in a different unit, different unit, yeah, different unit, same deployment. He was there where you were there. Mm-hmm. Had just started visiting our church. Yeah, in Ohio, you were in Europe. Yeah, random, very. This, yeah, we'll tell you after the pod. He yeah. was there Sunday. Yeah, oh. we were. I, I was talking about my pastor being on a mission trip, and he looked at me and said. My pastor's on a mission trip. And I said, where's he at? And it was the same place. And then where are you going? But he would have never even known that I went to that church if it wasn't for me just talking to other people right. or, or being asked, hey, why are you reading the Bible every day? And yeah, it, it creates so many opportunities to to meet and converse with people that you would not normally converse with. And that eventually is going to lead to sharing the gospel. And that's what we're all called to do. And that led you where you got to tell the end of the story with the Polish guy. Oh, so yeah, the Polish guy, we we tried one Sunday to get him and a couple of his other buddies and a couple of the Hungarians, and I gave them a sermon. And I, I went through Ephesians and Peter and little snippets about what the gospel is and, and why why we talk about it. And they, they're a little bit more works-based. So I, I told them about what the Bible says about works and, and faith. And it was just, it was a really cool opportunity across the world to To share the gospel with guys that don't know it very well because they don't have the resources that we have or whatever the case may be, but just to sit there and talk to other godly men about what Scripture says, it's something that I'll never forget, and it, it's one of those, it'll always be with me moments. Uh, would you have been equipped to do that five years ago? Absolutely not. And what has changed in the last five years? Because I read Scripture every day. <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of the theme of the episode, Dave. Yeah, I, I know. Don't edit that out. That's a pregnant pause, and that helps. That's a long pregnant pause. No, no, that's the edge of their seat stuff. That's good. That's good. They were waiting for that. Yeah. So anyway, that yeah, I think all that is is a real testament to, to being able because you were in God's Word. Mm-hmm. And um, God put you in that place, and you look different. You carried yourself different the way that you spent your downtime, not eating a whole loaf of white bread for breakfast. Um, you know, you were just, you know, you were the Bible guy in that moment and yeah. God used that and redeemed that. So, yeah. Okay. Are we on to the most important part of the pod? Most important. I think so. Okay. I think we, I think we've covered that. Well, I think just to reiterate, man, if, if you're sitting there tonight, you're like, I really want to do this. I don't understand how, I don't know. I don't really feel like listening to these idiots talk about it again for another hour by going back and listening to it again. Shoot us a message. We've told you way too many times this episode how to email us. 
but it's the godly manhood podcast at gmail.com but, but hit us up so we can get you resourced you're missing out yeah if you're not diving into god's word all the time there's so much there like i'm so thankful that god can i was convicted in a moment so many years ago because the the desire to seek others, seek out others, to help me grow, spend three hours on a Wednesday with five or six guys studying the Bible for years exponentially grew me because I spent 10 years not doing it. Yeah. 10 years of my Like I look back at that, and I know God, even in my sin, God's glorified now, even though I was sinful in that moment, disobedient, by not trying to grow, ignoring, hearing him speak to me. I'm... I'm very much thankful that he redeemed that time that I wasted by putting good godly men in my life who cared enough to say, Hey, this is what you should be doing, man. Come do it with us. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Okay. On to business. Yeah. (laughs) We have some speed dating questions. So we're changing it up. Okay. New rule on the godly manhood podcast. We're going to each bring a question. Not allowed to tell to anybody else. Okay. So we're at least two of us are always surprised by whatever the question is. There's no prep time. Okay. And no pregnant pauses. Okay, well, no promises. <laughs> Brian, which question? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going last. I yeah. called last because yeah. I don't have a question. Okay, yet. I'll go first. Mine's, mine's pretty lame, but it was okay. just on my mind today. So Halloween has just happened. Trunk or treat just occurred. Yep. Dad tax is in full effect when it comes to candy. Oh, yeah. So easy, easy question. Easy question. What is your candy you're hoping for has made it into your kid's bag in large quantities and you're going to take whether they are offended and hold it against you yep easy uh i'm an almond joy guy love an almond joy <laughs> david's gonna throw up gross just thinking about the coconut <laughs> uh one of my kids hates them and he's happy to pay up and then my son connor is like uh he's got a little more of a d- uh, refined palate like his old man so he, he still gives me some he's got a gracious heart so uh almond joy all day uh, that's that's my move. Uh, Twix, Kit Kat. Those that's, are the only two that I care about. That's two. Twix and Kit Kat. Okay, those are good choices. Likes candy in pairs. Yeah. Twix, Kat. Emery, what sugar-free sucking candy do you oh, like? Because they you're all diabetic. suck that are sugar-free. <laughs> and they also give you the runs, so you know. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Life lessons from the Galaxy podcast. I like. It's a newer one. Take fives. Oh yeah, mm, yeah. Oh, that, that is dude. the who I, I would kiss that dude on the mouth. Whoever invented that. That's like Dave. That's like big in your book, right? That that is Take my favorite candy fives. bar. But there nobody ever hands them out. It's this year, like somebody bought a bag or two from Kroger and was dishing those bad boys out at Trunk or Treat because I got a couple. I was like, "That's mine, sir." That's great. It's the dad tax. My youngest uh, got they got there was a couple of houses doing a whole candy bar. You know the big ones, oh, which yeah. is killer. And he got a full-size Butterfinger, and my wife was trying to take pictures. Put your candy buckets down. You're going to stand over here. We're going to do a picture. And he was holding this full-size Butterfinger in every picture. And I'm like, Kelly, put the, let, let me take that. So for the pictures, he's like, no, I don't put things down that I'm about to eat. I'm like, okay. Speaking of Killian, his Bible bags in the uh, student room. Yeah, yeah, we're aware. Thank you. Thank you. Just calling him out. So when he listens to this when he's 20. He's publicly shamed. Publicly shaming you, Killian. Yep, he left it in the Bible room. Our neighbors, when we first moved in this neighborhood, everyone in this neighborhood's like retired. There yeah. was had not been kids in this neighborhood for years. Within like twenty four hours, my kids are hanging from trees, howling like wolves and <laughs> whatever else. But that that Halloween, the kids went around the neighborhood. It was before we came to Coinos, and we came around the neighborhood. Just like they were like, "Oh, your kids going to trick or treat?" Like, yeah, we're going to set them around. 
all every house around here had like a basket full of full size candy. Oh, nice! And my kids were the only ones, so they're like, "I'll take two, take oh, three. Oh, nice, dude! It was the best dad tax year ever. That's fantastic. It was like Bernie Sanders was living in this house. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, <laughs> 70% of that. We game. stay away from politics, Emery, but I think I Sorry. understand the nature of the comment. <laughs> Fantastic. Right, Dave, what's your question? Uh, Thanksgiving is coming up. So, oh, good. Yeah. Your favorite Thanksgiving food that most people don't like, and vice versa. Oh, yeah. I'll go on this one right away. I love the cranberry jelly that's in the can. Like the can. And it holds its shape. I literally, every Thanksgiving, go buy it. Wherever I'm going to be, because I know no one's going to do it. Some fancy HGTV watching ant is going to make some cranberry delight that's got whole, you know. Don't do that. Just spend 11 cents on an ocean spray can of jelly, and, and it will hold its beautiful shape as you dump it on the plate. That's, for me. You don't have to heat it up. You just dump it and roll. No way. Cold. Yeah. yeah right out of the fridge. My mom loves that stuff. She would go to the commissary case sale and be like. Oh, I got a case of cranberry sauce, <laughs> but I, we will, this, this, if she comes over, if we, if we have Thanksgiving, I think Karen works this year, but if we do Thanksgiving in any way, I'll, I'll end up buying a can. Yeah. Just For so mom. it's here. Just because no one else is eating it. It's the oh. most awful thing. No, I'm the only one too. My sister, Kellen, she'll hit it with me, I think, but that's it. I mean. I don't eat food that keeps its form <laughs> once you've opened it up. <laughs> like, you eat MREs. Yeah, it's true. But that's essential. That's like a, a critical moments only. Yeah, eating white bread. Yeah, no white bread. Ugh. Let's see. So what was the one that you like that other people hate? That, so that was like, you, but what's, what was the other question? There was a second part. No, that was it, wasn't no, it? it? Yeah, what do you like that people hate? And then what do you hate that people like? Oh, 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 okay. Um, oh, man, I don't want to alienate any beloved family members. Um, I'll just say it because they probably aren't listening. My wife has the best family. They're... Um, we do Thanksgiving with her, but no, 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 not at all. Like they're, they're incredible people for Thanksgiving. It, it has morphed over the years as people have died and things. And it's, and it's, you know, you spend less time with, with certain aspects or whatever, but, um, the Mexican side of her family, we get together with them and I don't know if it's like, uh, I always, you know, I'm ignorant. Like I've only had Thanksgiving with one Mexican family. I don't know if this is like a thing everybody does, but they make a pasta dish called Johnny Marzetti. That's, kind of like beef and noodles, but it's like creamier and it's got like ground beef in it and they love it. They all flip. My wife loves it. She's so excited all year for it. My kids love it. And, uh, like goulash or something. What's yeah. Kind of. I mean, it's like, it's like egg noodles and like ground beef and like, I would imagine like cream and mushroom soup or something like that. Like it, it all sounds totally great. I, it's not even that I don't like it. I just don't love it. Like they love it. And I think yeah. they grew up with it and it's like part of the, the you know, their family's culture and they just, they love it. And, uh, it's not for me. We do that. So we just had for Reagan's birthday, speaking of things people love that other people maybe don't get. Yeah. My mom, we didn't have a lot of money when I was a kid. She went around the kitchen and like trying to find something to cook. She took hot dogs because we had hot dogs. She yeah. had mashed potatoes and some like American cheese. No. She took the hot dogs, split it like butterfly that bad boy. Yeah, yeah. So amped it up already. Five guys. Lunches. Five guys version. Split. And then And then put the mashed potatoes, like cooked, of course, on top of that. Then layered some cheese and threw that in the oven. And I remember when I was a kid coming out saying, what is this? My mom's like, hot dog surprise. <laughs> so we eat that. We had that yesterday after church for Reagan's birthday. She's hot like, what do you want for lunch? She's like, hot dog surprise. So anyway, I'm totally off 
topic. I would be willing to bet right in, uh, listener, or hit Emery up on Facebook. I want to know if anyone else has ever had that ever. I've met one person, and she was at our church for the women's meeting. You know Ta- Taylor? Uh, okay. Red hair, younger. I'm going to say yes. She probably met her. I want to give her last name. She's a good friend of Madison's. Her mom, when I shared that on Facebook a couple years ago, said, I had that when I was a kid. Wow. So like. So specific. It's crazy. But it's so good, man. It's delicious. Okay. Uh, so I'll answer this question. Yeah. I'm an alien at people. Go ahead. I think turkey is the most worthless bird outside of hunting it. <laughs> like, I don't understand the big deal with it. Mm-hmm. And Karen wants to make turkey enchiladas and oh, turkey yeah. sandwiches and turkey. Turkey kebabs, turkey gumbo. She's like Bubba Gump, man. Like, <laughs> like, like at Thanksgiving. And I'm like, it's horrible. A cold turkey sandwich the next day to me is way better than the turkey oh, the day of. I, I just don't get it. So I'm a couple of years in a row, speaking of D's ancestry. Yeah, yeah. We just straight up have tacos. We didn't even do a turkey. We oh. just had a big taco blowout. Who doesn't food. love taco? I mean, that's the best. That's fantastic. It's no messy cleanup. It doesn't take five hours. Love it. Anyway, and then. I love, and I don't know if, how many people eat this. I love corn pudding. Oh. Ooh. Corn casserole, no, like no, cornbread no. and some cream-styled corn. No. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it in announcements this week. <laughs> Wait, I didn't. Oh, I'll say it Sunday morning. We're doing family meeting on family Sunday. Family meeting, yeah, yeah. I want somebody to make, I'll probably make corn pudding. I'm making two of the turkeys, and I hate turkey. I'll try it if you make it. I'll make it. I don't. Yeah. Dude, it's so good, man. Truth, truth moment. I don't generally eat at the family meeting at church. Because buffet style freaks me out, especially after 3,500 children have gone through there. I just go to Golden Corral. I might hit a couple desserts or something, but I'm not generally going to eat at that family meeting. So, (laughs) (laughs) the truth comes out. I just, I love those people so much. I would do anything for any of them. Kids are gross. Well, the adults, I just, buffets freak me out. I grew up, I was a portly child, as you know, uh, Rubenesque. And we spent a lot of time at the old country buffet. And I think I just you know, have my fill. Dude, I've seen some kids, like, I won't even name their names, but, dude, I got a nephew when he was younger, went to a, a buffet, and I'm like, dude, I'm never eating a buffet again. Have <laughs> I seen where your hands were you a violated, ago, You violated that just, food. Just grabbing in after them rolls. Nah, it was like Cracker Golden Corral. The other side of my wife's family, they're all passed away now. Um, but after every funeral, we go to the Golden Corral. Because nothing says I'm mourning, but also balling out of control like a chocolate fountain. <laughs> Too much. Yeah. All right, Dave. Yeah, same thing, turkey. I, I don't get it. We are a ham family. <laughs> ham is a much superior meat. Oh, yeah, I, con- I concur to you. But to Brian's point, the cold turkey sandwiches with mayonnaise the next day is fantastic. And if you can get a craft single on yeah, there, oh, look out. Yeah. Yeah. Karen hates craft cheese. <laughs> oh, it, it. I get it. I love it. I don't. I told my wife, hey, buy it like once a month because I'm going to crush ham sandwiches till it's mm-hmm. gone. Like once a month. I can't have it more than once a month in the house, and I'll eat the whole thing <laughs> in like a week. So yeah, anyway. It laughs at me because I've never called it like American cheese or cra- I always I, My whole life, it's just been yellow cheese. <laughs> well, that's all it is. I mean, so it's what I'm just it like, is. Yeah. what kind of cheese you want? Yellow cheese. Well, I got cheddar. I was like, no, the yellow cheese. Like, it's a very hot dog and mashed potato way to say it. Yeah. So, yeah, no. <laughs> well, for a man with nine associates degrees, you're ultra classic. Yeah. I like it. Dave, do you have one that you love that other people hate? For me, it has to be stuffing. A lot, um, a lot of people don't like stuffing. stuffing. I, I really enjoy dressing. it. 
It depends on what don't stick it, it is. in the bird. That's nasty. I, I'm not. No, like the like the thick breaded. Just oh, like, like the big like, chunks. Yeah, I we call it stuffing. I, I would assume that's what yeah, most people like, call it. I think up here in like northern areas they call it stuffing. Yeah, it's dressing where you're at. Yeah. I like it only if it's real like zhuzhed up. Like if you're putting clams in it, it has to be dry. I can't do the runny. The runny. Oh kind, yeah, though. I don't like that. Yeah. Like, it's more of a casserole. I don't like that. If you do like some real polidine to it, I'll I'll check it out. But it's got to be next level. Uh, Her son's recipe for chicken salad, the best. I didn't realize you were a lady. <laughs> chicken salad. Hey, I like mayo. Me too. But her I son, like chicken. It's chicken salad recipe. Jamie Dean's chicken salad, if you Google it. Okay. It's that word salad where you lost us. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only salad eat. There's nothing actually, green in it. Actually, ham salad is one of my favorite foods. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Number one. Bacon salad. Fantastic. <laughs> I didn't know that was well, I know ham salad is a thing. and I think Yeah, ham salad is one of my all-time favorite foods. Really? In fact, for the Midwestern listener, if you're near Iowa and you find your way into a Hy-Vee grocery store, uh, sponsor the show. We would love to thank Hy-Vee for their support of our program. Speaking of sponsors, are we doing any uh, sponsors or friends? This I week? do have one on the uh, for the out. Yep, I got we, go. we're, we got one new sponsor to the show we want to So what's, you, you got a question yet? Yeah, I do. Because um, I love your theme, Halloween, Thanksgiving, we'll go to Christmas. Um, when you think of childhood Christmas... What's the one gift moment that like stands above all the rest? Was there a gift, a a surprise, or or, you know, memory from childhood? Emery's thinking hard. Yeah, I'll I'll go. Go. Nothing will top it. PlayStation One with the wheel controller and Gran Turismo, and then I also opened up Resident Evil that day. That was fantastic. I didn't know you grew up rich. Good for you. I didn't. Fancy, fancy. You had a a dad who owed you some apology. I will never forget that. He sat down and played Gran Turismo with me, and it was an amazing moment in my life. That's great. I loved it. I'm I'm really glad that that worked for you. Yeah. Emery, you need more time? Hard one, man. So, like, the first, when you mentioned video games, it pops in my head, but I'm going to date myself really bad now. Do it. Because you're talking about PS1s over here. I think we got this at Christmas. Did you guys ever see what it was called a ColecoVision? Oh, yeah. Yeah, pre-Atari. Right. It was like or right after Atari. Like it was about okay. the same time. It had like mm-hmm. a controller with like numbers. Yeah. Dude, we got one of those. And I think it was at Christmas that my parents got that for us. But there was a game on there that it was two artillery pieces. I grew up in the military, so this is like you just got these kind of games. Yeah. It was the most generic little game. But all you did was like it was you were shooting over a hill basically trying to destroy your opponent's artillery and i think me and my dad played that stupid game for days that's one of those games too if you fired that up for your kids they'd be bored in 10 seconds oh yeah i I got a a nintendo the old school nintendo that my grandma gave me with all these games yeah yeah i put in super mario kung fu man dude i had 40 youth at my house two weeks ago i had kung fu set up in this office on the tv and i was so proud of myself that that game worked i'm like dude they're going to flip out. This is amazing. They did not care. No one even touched it. No. Get them on Mega Man. <laughs> Mega Man's the best game. Streets of Rage is good. Streets of Rage, yeah, fantastic. Um, I, my memory, there's actually a photo of this in, in my parents' house in a photo album. Uh, I was probably like eight or ten. I uh, First of all, I was wearing the shirt I got to say first. I was wearing a black T-shirt that just had Kramer from Seinfeld's face on it, and he was <laughs> screaming. It was just his head. The whole shirt was Kramer's head screaming up, up like with the spotlight on him. I, I don't know where that shirt went. I think my grandma burned it. She hated it so much. It was like just offensive to her. Um, and if she did, honestly, the story's even cooler. But I was wearing that shirt in the picture, and I, I got a. It's all video games, you guys. Jeez, I got a Game Boy, like original Game Boy, 
and I let out a, a squeal again. Picture a Rubenesque boy shaped like fruit, just screaming with joy on his face and wearing a Kramer shirt that I got this Game Boy, and it it put me over the moon. So that was my. Dude, what is Rubenesque? Google it. <laughs> it's a shape. It's a shape of a person. Is it from really a particular era of painting and art? Okay. Yeah, I'll show you later. I'm about to Google it. Put on your uh, my Rubenesque. <laughs> yeah, I think I can probably. If we Google it. There's going to be my stupid face smiling. Yeah, it's a it's a genre See, of Henry. art and uh, full figured people like. Full figured. Like I like full me. figured. Um. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Well, we're gonna do an ad and <laughs> <laughs> full figured Emery. That's gonna be the next T-shirt. Godly Manhood Podcast. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I say we make a Kramer shirt. I wonder if we can get the rights. We definitely can't afford it. No. I'm sure we can't. Michael Richards isn't doing much these days, but I don't think we can get that going. Uh, not yet. But anyway, right. new new sponsor. Yeah, new sponsor. So, well, I guess I, I like the way we did the last one for Feral Child. So posing questions, I think, is most helpful. Do you owe your wife a exotic vacation? But don't have the funds, Emery. You you were married twenty years before you went on your honeymoon. Dude, more than that, it's like twenty five. Well, you're like Emery. I'm 0 for 2, man. Engaged at Denny's, 25-year honeymoon, six kids later. Well, we could have done this on the cheap. You took her all the way to uh, Jamaica. You could have given her an evening in Tuscany if you only would have visited our newest sponsor, the Olive Oasis in Troy, Ohio. For all of your olive oil and balsamic vinegar needs. They have EVOO. Yeah, they have it all. They have it all. So if you have a great aunt that you have to buy a Christmas gift for. And she's obsessed with Paula Deen or any other Food Network star. Get her some high quality Italian pressed olive oil and balsamic vinegar from the Olive Oasis. They also have dry pasta. I know, I can't tell you how many times I've thought. Wet pasta would be hard to just sell. I need dry pasta. Olive Oasis. Check it out. They are a wonderful keystone sponsor of the Godly Manhood podcast. And uh, you can go in there and sample unlimited bread and vinegars. And I'll tell you what. Like cheap, bread and vinegar together? Cheap date night. Yeah, yeah. They have these little cups. You fill it with balsamic vinegars, flavored. There's like a million of them. And just unlimited bread, French bread, fancy. <laughs> date night. Date night. You don't have to go to Italy. Buy some Tuscan herb balsamic vinegar. Now you're a hero. You've restored your marriage, and you've probably delayed that vacation. I'm the only one that's never... Is this a thing? You just dip bread in olive oil and eat that's it? That's how you decide yeah, if you like it. Yeah. 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 Hmm. You go into the Olive Oasis, you and Karen date night. You go in there, you go, hey, I need some olive oil, but I need to try 30 of them. Give me a bunch of bread, and these balsamic vinegars are going to change my life, and, and it's fantastic. So uh, if you've got a hard-to-buy-for aunt, mother, cook in your life. Grandma that hates your Kramer shirt that you need to make happy. <laughs> buy them a... Uh, gift box from the Olive Oasis. You can get five mini olive oils or balsamic vinegars and get a little uh, variety pack. You can pick some some bottles if you're bold enough to make a big call like that. You can get a big one. Uh, but they've got all your gift needs. They also have baskets, beautiful hand-woven baskets. Uh, wonderful gift idea for the hard-to-buy-for, uptight white woman in your life. Olive Oasis. <laughs> Google has them as a gourmet market. and I'm trying to find their address there seven, seven east main street in troy ohio seven east main street in troy ohio owned by local heroes dairy farmers the real heroes of america so check it out olive oasis uh don't spend all that money on airfare 
go to Tuscany in your kitchen. Olive Oasis, Troy, Ohio. Okay, that's all. We want to thank you for your dedicated sponsorship. Tuscany in your kitchen. Yeah. That's a bumper sticker. I think so. You're a welcome. <laughs> you know who you are that owns the Olive Oasis. Yeah. But you're welcome for that bumper stickers. Love you, miss you. Get some merch. Go to Tuscany in your kitchen. Yeah, that's good. Okay. <laughs> Tell them how they can contact the show. We haven't said that enough tonight? I think I think 13 or 14 more times. Time. And we'll... The Godly Manhood Podcast at gmail.com or Facebook. Just look up the Godly Manhood Podcast. You'll see we're the only ones out there until someone tries to swipe and uh, what do they call it? Hack our account. The Russians. Tell you we're in Nigeria and need money. No, but we do have listeners in Kenya and we want to shut them out one more time. Thanks for listening. Have you guys ever been to Africa? No. Been to Africa. No, Africa. It's on my list. No. I'd really like to go. I, I'm sure it'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's some great mission Rubenesque visitors to Africa. Whatever, what was it? Are there many Rubenesque visitors to Africa? <laughs> you would. <laughs> let's I, just I, say you'd stand out. I'd stand out. A couple of reasons, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You'd stand out. Okay. All well, right. Thanks. thanks for joining us again tonight. You want to close us out there, Brian? Got anything else to say? I think we've done it. We appreciate you listening. Share it with your friends. Tell people about it. Make us a-